welcome back to the mountains in the sea where we find the highs and lows of each and every prince album every other week i'm chrissy and this is josh and today 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 we, we are concluding our coverage on the second vault disc from 1999 super deluxe that's right it took us four episodes to get through two, two vault discs Holy smokes. All time well spent. Oh, absolutely. I can think of at least 14 things I've done in the last three months that were less important than this. <laughs> oh, well, good. Yeah, I've got them in a separate list. <laughs> That's for a different podcast. Yeah, that's true. I would like to do some shout outs because we had a lot of people weigh in. Weigh in on what? On our controversy. There was no controversy. It was a matter of fact that I pointed out that mm. many people disagree with. Okay. So we had a little disagreement on the last podcast about, yeah, you know, about whether it was, yeah, you know, or yeah, I know. In the chorus of the song that he's yes. singing. Yes. Obviously, the name of the song is, yeah, you know. To my ears, he was saying very clearly, yeah, I know. To others, including you, he's saying, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. which I think is absurd. Okay. But that's well, my point of view. I would like let's, to thank all the let's, people let's who hear. got in touch with us. Our friends on Facebook who yeah. voted in the poll. There was a poll that Christy set up, by the way. <laughs> How I, I didn't do anything nefarious. You <laughs> saw it. You I voted in it. both of them. I did see it, but candidates don't set up their own elections. You know what I mean? Well, who's going to do it? Ah, did you call Vladimir? He could have set it oh. up. <laughs> so our friends on Facebook, yep. 70% of them agreed with me that it's you, and 30% agreed with you that it's I. <laughs> that's not confusing <laughs> that's, at all. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> so how many total votes can you reveal? Uh, I think there were 10 on Facebook. Okay. On Twitter, well, there were more. Okay. I don't remember exactly how many votes. Okay. But just a little over 90% uh-huh. said that it was you. Uh-huh. And just a little under 10% said it was I. So not much of a contest in 90% no, of people's minds. But you know what I came to realize looking at these results? There was a fairly significant percentage who agreed with you that it's yeah, I know. And so... I think we can just say you hear what you hear, and as long as you enjoy it, however you hear it, that's perfectly fine. Wow, that sounds like a Christy written on the tombstone kind of statement. <laughs> yeah, don't put me in the ground just yet. But know. I'd like to thank a few people yeah. specifically who reached out. Uh, Diana, Parker, Dave, yeah. Yeah. Lynn. Yep. Hamish. Yep. Oh, Hamish. Jason of Press Rewind. Uh-huh. <laughs> Andrea of uh, Drea's Thoughts. Uh-huh. She said, I was shouting in my car so loud, I thought you could hear me from Chicago. Ooh. And I told her, maybe a little bit. So, Did I hear was, something wrong coming out of Chicago? Well, you would consider it wrong. <laughs> I would consider it right. Okay. So, but... And everybody else who voted, thank you so much for voting. We really appreciate it. And we really appreciate you putting up with our little bit of excitement there, our strong disagreement. I honestly thought when I said that, that you were going to say, I know, I can't (laughs) believe it. 
And you did say, I can't believe it. But what you meant was that I married a guy with such poor hearing no, that he no. would mishear this song you and didn't. put it on a podcast out in the cloud to last forever as proof of his stupidity. No, 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 no. I was just... You hear something different, and that's totally fine. I sure do. But thanks for everybody who weighed in on that. It was good fun to kind of argue and talk about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Evidently, there were some heated discussions in other households. That's what we're here for, to bring spice into your life that you probably don't need. (laughs) Just call us Cayenne. (laughs) All right, so shall we talk about... The music we're actually here to talk about today? Yeah, we've got the second half of Vault Disc 2, starting with Can't Stop This Feeling I Got. We got halfway through Vault Disc 2 in our last episode, and we're picking up here today, and we're also going to have our selections at the very end of this show that actually cover this episode and the previous episode. A two-episode spanning selection, so no pressure. Yeah. So did you hear him saying, Can't Stop This Feeling You Got? (laughs) Go jump in Lake Lake Minnetonka. Minnetonka. (laughs) Uh, So this track, uh, which was a little bit of a surprise on this disc, that it dated back uh, this far to have this out this included. It was uh, recorded in spring 1982 in Prince's home studio, like so many other uh, tracks on these two discs. And this song would also eventually get an official release as the lead track on the Graffiti Bridge soundtrack in 1990. Yes. A relatively short little track, uh-huh. two minutes and 40 seconds. Some more Funkabilly. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. A lot of these songs could have been grouped together and made another album of yeah. Funkabilly All of it. Hits. Like, it would have sounded a little samey. Yes. I think it would have been good. It's good that they kind of got broken up and curated. Yes, they do have a very similar sound. Mm -hmm. The most surprising part of this song to me is his high-pitched that are kind of buried compared to every other version of the song that's released or otherwise, where it's really strong and then the forefront. forefront, His little eus are Mm -hmm. a little... They tend to be a little buried in other versions of the song. Little baby EUs. Aw, aw. Aw, it's so cute. Yep. It's like Baby Yoda. It is. It also struck me that the keyboard part in the chorus. basically identical to the little keyboard part in Ronnie Talk to Russia off of Controversy. Oh, yeah, you especially, that for me. Especially at, if you compare 20 seconds into Ronnie Talk to Russia. You've got yourself a case of can't stop this Ronnie Talk to Russia I got. <laughs> oh, Okay. Or Ronnie can't stop this Talking feeling to Russia. I got. Oh, yeah, Ron- Ronnie can't <laughs> stop this feeling. <laughs> so I thought this was just a kind of a pretty happy song, not about going nuts like so many other songs on this disc are, but about being infatuated with a feeling of love and excitement. Mm-hmm. It's pretty joyous. Yeah, it's great. There's an interesting tempo change at like a minute 25. Okay. That almost made me realize this was quite 
not quite finished. Oh, like I didn't was, notice that. Oh, okay. It was kind of just almost like a fumble, just a little bit of a change. Mm, okay. I thought kind of interesting. We get a really nice scream. Yeah. Two minutes and seven seconds. Yeah. Actually, I have it at a minute 55 seconds where oh. there's a breakdown, a spoken, I can't stop this feeling I got. Oh, well, maybe it ends. That's where one minute 55 seconds is where it ends, and two minutes, seven seconds is where you get the... You get the screen. Yeah. 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 So it's all part of the same... Yeah. Little segment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought at two, I didn't hear or pick up on the tempo change that you're saying, but I thought that at two minutes and 40 seconds, it felt almost unfinished, like it's a detailed sketch. sketch. Yeah. There was some really interesting layering of vocals mm-hmm. there in the outro. Yes. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Uh, it was a song Prince would pick up again with the parade era revolution that we'll talk about more in detail when we get to, oh, I don't know, Under the Cherry Moon in 1986. But mm-hmm. uh, we did take a listen to the 1986 version that includes uh, Prince and Bobby Z and Brown Mark, Miko Weaver, Lisa, Wendy, Dr. Fink, Susanna, Eric Leeds and Atlanta Bliss, everybody kind of joining in. And it's a much more up-tempo track that's part of a little trilogy of Girl of My Dreams, Can't Stop, and Weak and Funk. They kind of run together, but I spliced it up for you oh. to not ruin that oh. for you when we get oh, to that thank era. you. I didn't, didn't realize you did that. You didn't know that it was part of a yeah. trilogy? No, yes. I didn't. It is it's... the Empire Strikes Back of the Star Wars trilogy of Girl of My Dreams, Can't Stop, and Weak and Funk. Okay. Part two. Cool. This one's uh, a little more pop than rockabilly. Mm-hmm. Very, very clean, faster. I uh, agree. Much more upbeat. Yeah. Still get a great scream. Yes, you do. It maintains the really cool layering, but we kind of get we get more vocals. The ladies are singing. Yes. It's good. Yeah. And as it winds to a close where Prince says, <laughs> If that don't work, yeah, what? <laughs> if that don't work, yeah, what? And then it rolls into Weekend Funk, which we okay. did not listen to. But that 1986 version was the very first version of Can't Stop This Feeling I Got that I had ever heard. And again, one of the first Prince bootleg outtake uh, studio tracks that uh-huh. I've ever gotten my hands on. So it's got a little special place in my heart. Cool. Cool. And then we also listened to the version that ended up on Graffiti Bridge. Right. Very different. Yes. Than, I mean, they were all unique. Fun to listen to these three takes of the song. This mm-hmm. one from Graf- Graffiti Bridge, again, is all instruments and voices by Prince, much mm-hmm. like the first version. Right. And there's like some movie stuff up at the top. There is. You know, we have Graffiti Bridge is a sequel to Purple Rain. Where Purple Rain starts with Let's Go Crazy, and there's the spoken Dearly Beloved. Mm-hmm. And Graffiti Bridge starts with Can't Stop, and it's Dear Dad. Yeah. Dear Dad, things didn't turn out quite like I wanted them to. 
yeah. it becomes much. I thought that was kind of a cool. I'd never really thought of that before. Where it's dearly beloved sounds like a sermon, and then I thought stop. it sounded like a wedding, but yeah. Oh, you thought it starts sounded like a wedding? Uh, yeah, sure, mm-hmm. sure, but very much churchy. Mm-hmm. And yes. then you think of dear dad. Is he really talking to his dad? Is he talking to God, the Holy Spirit? I thought that was kind of a neat parallel, and we'll cover that more when we get into Graffiti Bridge. But um, I thought that uh, I'd forgotten that the Graffiti Bridge version has so many different lyric changes and yeah. try to tell me how to paint my palace. That ain't where it's at. And it's um, more akin to the 1982 version yeah. rather than the 1986 version. This one's more rockabilly again. It is, yep. Then it kind of splits the difference between the two, but it's a little more like the 1982 version. I agree. And it, it uses that Dirty Mind era sounding rhythm guitar throughout. Yeah. And it also, the Graffiti Bridge version is the only one that has a guitar solo near the end, which mm-hmm. neither of the other versions have. Which is kind of interesting, too. <laughs> Did you notice in the lyrics at three minutes and 10 seconds? On the Graffiti Bridge version? On the the Graffiti Bridge version. Maybe we all got to rearrange. Maybe we all got to rearrange. Yep. I was like, hey. Yep. Another connection. (laughs) Another connection. Another reason to think that rearrange might have been considered for that soundtrack yep yeah i think that's pretty definitive that it was definitely in the running since it's referenced at least twice at least twice by prince and rosie Gaines, by two different people a man and a woman they want to rearrange they do they've got some rearranging to do but they never did it they did it just never told us (laughs) like they moved the furniture around in your apartment locked the door and never let you in to see what happened (laughs) or like they brought furniture into the apartment, set it up, uh-huh. decided they didn't like a piece and removed it. That could be. Yeah. Yeah, but you never knew it was there to begin with. Right, but Not you're kind of looking around like something it was almost here. Seems like there was something else here, yeah. but it smells like there was a recliner here. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. <laughs> That's that's gonna be a nasty recliner. So I don't know. It seems weird to me to think that someday we might get a super deluxe edition of Graffiti Bridge, which is a soundtrack that was great and critically well received, but a movie that was kind of the opposite of that. So we can hope and wait someday. It's probably down on the list. Way down. Probably. I would guess so. All right, and then we have Do Yourself a Favor, which we initially talked about in our February 2019 episode when we were talking about 1999 before we knew Super Deluxe was coming. Right, and here we get a cleanly perfect um, audio great. recording Quality. of it all, which it's we did not have so before. so good. So this was recorded in the summer of 1982, recording to Prince Vault, and it was initially recorded like in 1975 by 94 East featuring Prince. And according to Pepe Willie, who was um, kind of the organizer of 94 East and a friend of Prince's, Prince recorded this version himself 
after having not heard the original 1975 version in years and years yeah. and did this on his own without referencing the previous material, which you've only played guitar on. Right. But I, th- I did not realize that. I thought that was very, very super, cool. Super cool. So Pepe Willie yeah. was married to Chantel Manderville, who was Prince's cousin. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. And this song was a breakup song to Chantel when they split because this was recorded in December of 1975. That's Uh about the time when they split up. And he said, I don't know if Prince ever realized that. So I did not realize that. Yeah. I didn't realize it was his cousin. I just happened across an interview a few days ago uh, that was really interesting. And I'll post about that on social media. If you'd like to see that, you can find us on Facebook the Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast, or you can send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. I did not know that story. That's yeah. very, very cool. Also, Pepe Willie gave Jesse Johnson permission to record the song, yeah. and it did end up on his Shockadelica album, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. But he had talked to Prince about this song. Prince who, said, he, who? Pepe Willie okay. had talked to Prince about this song. Prince had played this version of the song that we get on 1999 Super Deluxe for Pepe Willie, mm-hmm. like shortly after he recorded it. And he said, I'm going to put it on an album. And years went by and it never ended up on an album. And when Jesse Johnson approached Pepe to ask him if, he could put it on Chocadelica. He said, sure, go ahead. Because he hadn't heard from Prince, hadn't heard mm-hmm. anything about it, hadn't shown up on an album anywhere. And evidently Prince was... Not pleased? Not pleased at all. Well, so displeased that he recorded the title track for Chocadelica as a favor to Jesse Johnson. <laughs> well, not really. Yep. As a, how could you have that as the name of your album and not, not have. have a title track? Well, clearly, I think Jesse Johnson had heard Prince's version because Prince's version is very different from If You See Me from 1975, and Jesse's version is very similar to Prince's. Agreed. um, With all the, maybe a little bit of the fun sucked out of it also, I would say. (laughs) Sorry, Jesse. (laughs) It's true. Um, first, I want you to listen to the beginning drum part of this song, Prince's version, back to back with the beginning drum part of Can't Stop, the 1982 version. And they are... Very, very similar. No, okay. Nearly identical, despite how different both of these two songs are, but they're cut from the same cloth. I think that's what you were saying. Like, if you had an album of Do Yourself a Favor and Can't Stop This Feeling I Got and No Call You and some of the other Funkabilly songs from these two vault discs, you would have a very a very consistent but not an album that went many different places. Right. Right. So I think this is, a, if it is a breakup song, like you said, it's a cutting one, but also has a little bit of fun in it, too. Like, there's some humor. Uh-huh. There's the just walk by me, don't even look at me, uh-huh. I'm doing fine. In fact, I'm doing better than I ever have before kind of thing, um, which is sort of a kiss-off. But then there are funny moments, I yeah. think, even in all versions that yes. uh, make it 
I'm like, it's fine. It's over. Yeah. It's kind of like, I don't want to talk to you, but. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love, that's a good point where even Prince sings, I don't have a damn thing to say to you now, baby. Look out. <laughs> Yet he goes on for nine minutes and one second about how she should do herself a favor. Oh, oh. So well, he's I, got stuff he's got to get off his chest. Yeah. I have thoughts about that. We'll get to that near the end. Okay. The vocal performance in the first chorus is magical. It's yeah, it is. Amazing. Yep. Don't say nothing. Do yourself uh, he does lots and lots of layering of his vocals in this one as well. You didn't even try to understand just where I was coming from. There's really great use of stereo. Mm-hmm. He's got a high voice in yep. the left channel, a yeah. mid like in the right, and then the lowest version of his vocal performance is in both. It's just Yeah, the more you so listen, delightful. the more you pick up little guitar parts that are playing uh-huh. the under different parts of the song that happen in one or both channels that are really fun. And then the keyboard and voice solo at like three minutes and thirty seconds where Prince is singing along with this keyboard part, and it's hard to tell the difference between his voice and uh, the keyboards. It's amazing. It is. It's it truly just, is. Especially, mm-hmm. he is spitting out the word walk. Walk on by, babe. Don't say nothing. Walk on by, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. spitting it out. For somebody who does not care, there's a lot of venom in that voice. Yeah, there is. It's a good mixture of vitriol and venom and celebration yeah. and humor. Yeah. So at the end, he kind of changes his tune. He does like He's, it about five minutes and 40 seconds when Jamie Starr makes an appearance. Is oh, this what you're talking about? No. no. Go. You can talk about that though. Oh, it's just where he, you can tell he's going into his Jamie Starr character yeah. at like five minutes and 48 seconds when mm-hmm. he says too sexy. Yeah. Too sexy. Lots yeah. of his own fun Prince speak. Somebody call up the colonel. I hear some chicken scratching. Uh-huh. It's very... And that's a little guitar part. Like the cold coffee and cocaine from mm-hmm. piano on a microphone. Yeah. Yes. Somebody call up the colonel. I hear some chicken scratching. Good God. Which I thought was super fun. No, at like... Eight minutes and 38 seconds. Oh, you're way down the line. Like way at the end. He's, he starts saying, no, no, you're not crazy. I'm crazy. Yeah. You're not crazy. I'm crazy. I'm the one that's crazy. You're not crazy. And to me, now that I've read this whole story about that, it was a breakup song for Prince's cousin. Mm-hmm. I think Prince did know that it was okay. a breakup song for his cousin. And this is him. His Jamie Starr was kind of Pepe Willie realizing 
he'd made a mistake. Oh, gotcha. And he shouldn't have dumped the girl. Dumped his cousin? Yeah. It is borderline Bob George-ish, I thought, when he, you know, starts telling her, she's not crazy, I'm the one who's crazy, uh, that's a $50 bill, when's the last time you've seen one of them, you know? Uh-huh. And it's very, it's like a cleaner, less violent Bob George that yeah. makes an appearance here. Yeah. And I know you appreciate when he has his $50 bill and you can kind of hear it there. In the, the little crinkle. Yes. That's fun. Let me talk to you. I also loved towards the end of the song where he says, when you and me were together, did you try to understand me? No. <laughs> the way he says me. Me. When we were together, did you try to understand me? No. Yeah, yeah. Like the most obvious person that you should be trying to understand and you did not try to understand it. Right. Yeah. And he's just got a way of putting it that only <laughs> Prince can do. Right. He also changes his mind at the end of the song too, where he says, no, come back here. Come back here. I don't care what I said to you. He goes yeah. back on walk on by and says, you know, as the song is fading out, come back here. I don't care what I said to you. Yeah. That's I'll kick what, you that's, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like yeah, he's the change of heart. Yeah. He's like, well, I told you I wanted you to walk on by, but really I wanted you to yes to pay attention. I right. wanted you to chase me a little bit. Look at what you've left behind. Uh-huh. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Then we have Jesse Johnson's version of Do Yourself a Favor. Right, from his 1986 album Shockadelica that we mentioned earlier with no Prince input. Nope. Aside from the fact that it is undoubtedly his own version of what Prince did in the studio with this song. Agreed. Credited or uncredited. Yes. Yes. He absolutely heard Prince's version. Yeah. Yep. I thought that Jesse's version sounds older than Prince's version. Uh, yeah. It's more dateable. It, it is. In sound. It is. Uh, his vocals are kind of low, too. Like, they're just a little bit buried. Yeah, the whole, well, I think the whole Shockadelica album is in poor, bad need of a remaster. If yeah, you go and listen to it on streaming services, to... it's very kind of flat, yeah. um, which I think a lot of people prefer. Hey, turn it up. But it is definitely not a victim of the loudness wars of the 1990s with mixes. It is very quietly mixed, I guess. Is... Yeah, and I just wish the vocals had been up a little more. Yeah. Yeah, just so that you didn't have to, like, strain to hear them almost at points. Yep. So. When I initially, and I've heard Jesse's version of this a million times, but when we started listening to it here, initially, my reaction was, gosh, it's just a little bit boring. (laughs) It doesn't really go in places, but... On every listen, I started liking it more. There are yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on um, in the song. It doesn't go as many different directions and lacks that spoken word part that's so fun at the end of Prince's version. Right. Which I think only Prince could have pulled off anyway. So right. Jesse was probably right to just make this a simple, single-length song at under four minutes and call it good. Yeah. Well, and he did have uh, some of the riffing... 
It did lack a little of the biting humor of Princess version, but uh, you might as well pack your bags and mm-hmm. get the hell on down the road. Yep. Yep. Off you go. Yeah, I mean, for like Prince, who had pushed barriers, barriers as far as like uh, vulgar language goes on his mm-hmm. albums, this is surprisingly reserved, where yeah. it's just hell and ice. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> How was that? Hell and ice. <laughs> uh, he was reserved in his, you know, he could have been a lot uglier. Yeah. I guess as well. I I'm much saying. appreciated that he was not uglier. Yeah. Jesse's version had some uh, background singers mm-hmm. and instruments in separate channels. Yeah. And I thought some of that was kind of interesting. Me too. Like yeah. I said, the more I listen to Jesse's version, the more I appreciated it. Yeah. Um, and I know Jesse doesn't want to be compared to Prince at all anyway, so he's probably not super thrilled that Prince's version is out now, and you know well, it's clear where his inspiration came from anyway. Yeah. All right, and then we also listened to the 94 East version, right. which was titled If You See Me. Right. This was the initial version recorded in 1975. It was reissued in 1992 under the title of Minneapolis Genius. Bought it. Yep. And then again, many times after that, which I think <laughs> yeah. I bought at least once again. I, I think so. I think we have at least two versions of this I, thing. I, and now it's on streaming services too, so it's easy to check out. Uh, did you read the story about Pepe Willie recalling how Prince was unhappy with part of his guitar playing on this one and Prince asked the next next day if he could re-record a section of his part and Pepe cleared it with the studio for this to happen and Pepe Willie wasn't around Prince went in and did the recording but apparently the EQ settings were had changed for a different recording artist and Prince was a young guy at this point 1975 he was 17 18 years old so uh, there are parts of it that you can hear where the re-recording is if you pay attention. And so I went back to listen to it, like, where is that? And my guess was, like, at the 1 minute 23 mark. Mm-hmm. Like, basically behind all the choruses, there's a different tone of guitar playing behind them. And I think that that's the part that was re-recorded. Mm-hmm. The guitars are really prominent throughout the whole track. Yeah. It's but, a very repetitive kind of track, yeah. but uh, like in the style of mid 70s. It had a very soul music. 70s sound, which you could say sounds dated, but it also has a very classic sound. Yeah. Dated in a good way. Yeah. Like it's, from, I mean, from a very powerful period in music, classic yes. period in music. Yes. And not the way that you would say maybe a lot of 90s music mm-hmm. has yeah. a dated sound to it, but it's it, not bad. it lacks that special soul of the oh. 70s mm-hmm. to me. Okay. Um, I thought all around this version's pretty great. Yeah. I remember playing a part of it before you started listening to all of this and you were like, oh, what's that? Uh-huh. You sounded like it was something that interested you. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like I like this version. It's and it's it sounds pretty good for a 70s kind of budget recording. 
For sure. I Actually, the entire collection of music by 94 East, whichever one you decide to check out, mm-hmm. is all it's similar sounding to this. And it yeah. was never really an album. I mean, somebody compiled these things and put them in a collection. So they're together. But it's a neat glimpse into some of the first recorded music in Prince's career mm-hmm. in the studio. Yeah, it's really, it's really neat. And man, just realizing that Prince hadn't really heard this for uh-huh. quite some time when yeah. he recorded his own version. His mind was a steel trap. It it's was, amazing. I, I thought, you know, when I was 17 and 18 and did something, and then six years later when I was 23, 22, 23, 24, would I remember it enough to craft something that was even better and improvement mm-hmm. on it. And it just kind of shows his growth from late seventies to 82. He was a changed person. Yeah. Pretty amazing. All right. Then we have don't let him fool ya. Right. I always think that you could also call this one. Hey, 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 Hey. Yeah. Nine uh, of them. I counted <laughs> nine. Hayes. nine Hayes. Okay. This was found in the vault in a box with the date June 28th, 1985 written on it. And while they're certain it was recorded in 1982, they think it might have been worked on again in 1985. I think so, too. I think along with like Teacher Teacher and Can't Stop, a lot of these things that he recorded that he just stashed away for later use came forth with the revolution to try to improve them or see if they would fit on an album somewhere. Mm -hmm. Makes sense to me. When I first started listening to this, I was like, what does this sound like at the beginning of the song? Like, this sounds like something. And I probably spent a week trying to figure out what does this sound like? And it wasn't even a Prince song that I thought it sounded like. And I finally figured it out a few days ago. And I'm here to tell you that don't let him fool you. Like at 19 seconds... Sounds a whole lot like Don Henley's Dirty Laundry from 1982. (laughs) Okay. Just sped up a little bit. Okay. Drums and this little keyboard echoey part. And like, I really expected Prince to say, kick him with the up, kick him with the down, kick him with the up, kick him all around. Kick him with the up. Wow, I never would have made that connection. I went back and listened to it. And I'm like, this is this is what I'm trying to remember anyway. Whether I'm right or wrong, this is what I thought it sounded like. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, you know, Prince fell asleep to the radio playing in his room and um, internalized it. Dirty Laundry came out in 1982 also. So I don't know if he, I doubt that there's any chance he had heard that song and recorded something like it. Because uh, they were so close to the same recording time. Oh, okay. But um, maybe it was just that style from early 80s okay. that those things just overlap between him and Don Henley, yeah. in my mind. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. I thought it sounded a little dated. Yeah. The synths, synthesizers really gave it a dated sound to me. Sure. And the vocal delivery is kind of a disco-y sound. So while the synthesizers really sounded very 80s to me, early 80s, I thought the vocal performance 
sounded more 70s. I can see that. Um, I don't know if it's just because I've listened to it so much that an album like Purple Rain to me sounds timeless. Yeah. There's so much of it that sounds timeless. Like I don't listen to Purple Rain, the song, and think, oh, that sounds like music from the 80s. Yeah. 1999 maybe has a little bit of that datedness to uh-huh. me that it sounds like, well, I'm re- really, that it sounds like the sound that Prince built that others fell behind. Right. Yeah, this one has a, it does not fit on, you know, like with a 1999 type of sound, and it certainly is not a Purple Rain kind of song either. No. That's why it didn't find a home. It didn't. I did like, though, that even though it sounds dated, a lot of the same things we associate with wealth or the aura of wealth are in the song, like driving a big old Cadillac. I mean, today Uh it would be, what, an Escalade? Yeah. Back then it was probably a four-door boat of a sedan. Uh Uh-huh. Now we got a big old Prince accuses this woman's boyfriend of, yeah, he's driving it, but he's going to have to take it back soon. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be repoed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's in hawk up to his eyeballs. He is. He's got a lot of credit cards. <laughs> Don't let him fool you. Only heaven knows how much he owes. Don't let him fool you. Only heaven knows how much he owes. Yeah, on his fancy clothes. Yep. And, he, and then he went down to City Hall. Which is fun to picture. Uh-huh. And I was like, City Hall, what's he paying there? Like, is it like a... Do you think that is was... Is it a fine or is it a bill? I think it's more like a utility bill. Or taxes. Down. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. I did a little research to, like, what kind of bills do you pay at City Hall? And or it's or per- did you 40 years ago? Well, <laughs> I still drive our... Utility bill over to the city because okay. it's on my way other places. Okay. <laughs> but yes, I mean, you just pay your utility bills there. It's not necessarily anything nefarious. Wasn't a fine or a ticket or any of that. It was more than likely a utility bill. But while he's there, of course, he had to walk inside. I don't walk inside. There's a little draw box. But oh, okay. Yeah, he, he had to go inside, inside and saw the, uh, the, the pin board. Yeah, and uh, I saw his picture hanging on the wall. <laughs> the FBI is looking for his ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't let him fool you. But the FBI is looking for his so he may be great, and he may say he's going to love you forever, but he's not going to be around forever because the yeah. FBI is going to find him eventually. That's right. Yeah. Which all of it seemed rooted in reality. Like, yes, I could see Prince at the time you know, playing second fiddle to a guy who was more wealthy, who had fancier clothes. But then the part about singing, seeing that he was wanted by the FBI might be a little bit of a stretch. Because <laughs> yeah. if I was friends, I'd be like, I want to pay my girlfriend's bill. And by the way, I know this guy on the wall here. I can yeah. tell you where he is. Uh. Why wouldn't he have done that? Or maybe Prince isn't a snitch. That's right. Snitches get stitches. So he yeah. didn't want any stitches yeah. on his pretty he face. Mind, he minded his own business. That's right. He just wanted the girl to know, well, the FBI is going to catch up with this guy eventually. And That's wouldn't right. you rather be with me? Yep. Yeah. It, does get a little repetitive 
but it's a fun song. Yeah. He does a bunch of different deliveries of hey, 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 <laughs> whether it be screaming or falsetto or kind of under his breath. Yeah. the last half of the song i think you could tell that this wasn't ever considered for an album because it seems like the kind of thing that it would have been cut down to yeah. a shorter length for yeah had it been yeah but i do enjoy it i think it's fun yeah i think the long jam of music at the end sounded more mm-hmm. funk than disco yeah. whereas there was a little like disco and 80s vibes early in the song then it just kind of devolved evolved Changed yeah, into was, more uh, funky. Prince, the multi-instrumentalist, just taking it other places, especially when he says about midway through the song, break it on down. Mm-hmm. And there's a, just kind of a quiet part of the song, and you're like, wow, this guy's playing drums and guitar and the keyboards and bass guitar and singing mm-hmm. and kind of doing it all on his own in his own little home studio. Right. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, now that we've talked about that, let's take a little break. We'll be back in just a moment with Teacher Teacher. Was A Quiet Place inspired by signs it comes at night in War for the Planet of the Apes? Was Ready Player One influenced by Avatar, Wreck-It Ralph, and The Last Starfighter? Is a hurricane heist more influenced by Sharknado or Geostorm? These are the kinds of questions my guest co-hosts and I discuss on my podcast, Piecing It Together. Every week we look at a new movie and try to figure out what other movies inspired it. Whether it's the story, the character development, tone, or even use of music. Every movie was influenced by something that came before and we want to figure out what. Check out Piecing It Together on your favorite podcast app or check us out on piecingpod.com. You can also follow us on social media at piecingpod. Piecing It Together is a part of the All Points West Podcast Network. Lils and Patrick are two local musicians from the New England area whose minimal accomplishments have left them thoroughly unqualified to judge bands and artists who have been more successful than they ever could be. And yet, their passion for bad music persists on Jukebox Zeros, the podcast that takes a retrospective look at the worst albums of all time. From The Shags to Attila, from Cyberpunk to Scream, if there's a band that has an album they're ashamed of, Lils and Patrick will be there. Share their love on Jukebox Zeros, now on the Zero Science Network, and wherever podcasts may be found welcome back thank you for sticking with us through that quick break now we have teacher teacher a song that was offered to the band the three o'clock along with several other songs but they didn't think it was the three o'clock i think it was just three o'clock Everything I read said it was the three o'clock. Well, we'll pull out the CD and we'll just see about that. Oh, you have it? <laughs> yeah, I have oh. it. <laughs> okay. Well, three o'clock or the three o'clock, there was, it was a band. All right. It was... I see our next poll. <laughs> I have no skin oh. in this game. That's fine. Three o'clock, whatever. All right. <laughs> this was part of an 80s music scene in Los Angeles called the Paisley Underground, Uh which was not started by Prince. It had its roots in uh, psychedelica and guitar and rich vocal harmonizing that they borrowed from the 1960s rock. The most high-profile and popular 
song that's of this style, uh-huh. Paisley Underground, is Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bengals. Did not know that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have put that in that category. Yes. All right. That's, uh, that's the like most mainstream song that fits in this category. Cool. I had no idea. Yeah. I remember that being in the top 10 on Casey Kasem's Top 40. <laughs> yep. And him pointing out... It was one of a handful of songs that had featured whistling that had made it into the top five. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I think that this totally fits in with that kind of style, thinking about those kinds of songs uh-huh. and that fit into that category. This is definitely... Yeah, I can see that. It's in there. Sure. Yeah. I could definitely see that. So Prince recorded it in spring of 1982, like so many of these other tracks. And then it was worked on further by Wendy and Lisa. Lisa. Wendy and Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) Wendy and Lisa worked on it further in 1986 and added their own vocals and a sitar and some other instrumentation. The drums are a little different. It's got like a harpsichord. Uh, beginning to the track, which is different too. So we've got two different versions that we can talk about here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, teacher, teacher, the 1982 version, again, I thought it kind of fit in with the, yes, it sounds like it would fit into the Paisley Underground, but it also fits right in with Can't Stop and Do Yourself a Favor. They yep. all have a very distinctive sound, different songs that go in different directions, but... Definitely cut from the same cloth. Similar flavors. Yeah. They yeah. use the same blend of spices. Well, it's the same one guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. On every track, <laughs> every instrument, which is amazing. Yeah. I When we first started listening to this and I first picked up Super Deluxe, I was like, I don't know if I can... This is a little weird to me. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. The so, lyrics, I'm, yes. I mean. Yeah. So I was confused if it was really a teacher. Right. Okay. Because or... the verses, it kind of sounds like it's a more experienced sexual partner yes. that they're not really into, but yes. they kind of want to do it because they know they're going to learn some stuff. That's exactly where <laughs> I ended up and how I found my peace with teacher, teacher. Well, but then there's, I don't want to get an A. Well, There's got to be a better way, which seems like almost like an exploitative educator. A little bit. So, but then I also thought, well, I'm going to, we'll, we'll talk about how well you did afterwards as we <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> smoke our cigarettes. There's a phone sex reference. Yeah, there is. Here, the phone sex is a fine alternative. <laughs> right. Uh, because he doesn't care about this partner, whereas in If It'll Make You Happy, it was a poor substitute because he was so intently desiring to be close to that person that uh-huh. it was a poor alternative here is like, I don't deliver. Right. <laughs> we can do it over the phone. I also, that part you're talking about where he says, well, you can cry me a river. It's why I don't deliver. We have to do it on the phone. Uh-huh. Reminds me of his screams in party up. Oh. Um, and also a little bit of sister. So this okay. to me was like a merging of 
Sister and Party Up, and also a little bit of the song Vagina also. At a minute and 24 seconds, there's some hand claps. Okay. Yep. And it is straight from Vagina. I mean, I know that's not the only song ever recorded with that type of rhythm and a hand clap. But if you listen to Vagina and then go and listen to Teacher Teacher, similar methods and similar little ideas that nice. are happening there. Nice. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. Is this not sexual at all yet? At what point did you ask that? Okay, because a minute and 56, mm-hmm. honey, I can't let you use my body the uh-huh. same way you use my mind. But honey, I can't let you use my body the same way you use my mind. And I'm like, what? I don't know what is happening here. <laughs> I think this reminded me of space. Uh, oh. Uh-huh. Where he compares the hand and mind. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't have any more to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He does a yes, lot of comparisons <laughs> between the body and the minds, the spirit and the 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 the, the whole. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's W H O L E. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, so I don't really know what's going on. It is odd. And what's even more odd is in the Revolution version or the version with Wendy and Lisa. When they're saying it with their parts, the gender is changed for the parts they're singing. But Prince's background vocals are kind of preserved from this recording. And I call me a river, Where the teacher is a she, but Wendy and Lisa are recording it as a he, he. Uh-huh. even though we know Wendy and Lisa probably wouldn't prefer a he if that was a sexual situation. Right. So it's maybe that's the whole point, is that it's this gender bending, none of this fits together. Uh-huh. You're supposed to be left thing. questioning whether yeah. what kind of relationship they really have and if it's a person in a position of power, even though, you know, you would think a a teacher would be the person in position of power, but it seems like very much the subject of the song, the person who's singing it is the one able to say, no, I'm not going to do that. Right. So it's kind of an interesting, it's definitely, I don't want to say less weird, but certainly different coming from the student to the teacher. Cause I think of like, Indiana Jones, where uh-huh. there's a girl sitting in the front and uh-huh. she blinks her eyes and it says, what does she have written on her eyelids? Love I me. Love you. I thought it was love me or oh. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Some little message for him that kind of, you know, takes him aback a little bit, uh-huh. but he's smart enough to stay away. Yeah. That, you know, being young and looking to your teacher kind of. Adoringly. Yeah, is not unusual. Right. Um, Maybe going as deep as Prince and Wendy and Lisa did is maybe a little unusual, but they don't record music because they're normal people. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. There is some, like, guitar and vocalizing that's really pretty and funky. Yeah. Which I really appreciated. So I could be baffled by the lyrics and still really appreciate (laughs) 
Yeah, I went from being put off by the lyrics to being uh, maybe even convincing myself that it was a sexual partner who was Uh more experienced, and that's really what this is about. Yeah. To feeling, like I said, at peace. Okay. (laughs) With this stuff. Okay. It was the weirdest song in, I mean, this is weirder than Vagina. Yes, I agree. I didn't think Vagina was all that weird. I thought it was... Well, it's a song about a unique person that you don't see every day, and so there aren't that many songs about it, certainly not in 1982. Right, yes. So that's what made it different. Yeah. Did you want to talk about the 1986 version with the revolution briefly? Uh, Sure. Just again, that kind of... What would you call the little keyboard? I called it tinkling. Tinkling? Mm -hmm. I say harpsichord or some kind of keyboard that intros the song the drums are different Mm -hmm. and we've got got wendy and lisa saying let me tell you honey i'm just a young boy but don't think i know it ain't love and they sing it as i'm just a young girl Mm -hmm. but you also hear prince in the background saying boy yeah let me tell you honey It became more mixed up yeah. in their version. Usually, I would say, almost without exception, any song that Wendy and Lisa touched that might have been recorded earlier, they improve upon. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about this one in particular that makes me feel like I kind of prefer Prince's original version oh. because the weirdness is more singular. Okay. And I can get it if it's just a person singing like this and perhaps uh-huh. it's to a sexual partner who's more experienced. But what do you make of it when it's two women and a man singing it and they're each singing it almost singularly but yeah. together? It struck me as real strange. It's a predator. They're all singing to the same predator. I don't want to say predator because this is them. Like they're <laughs> open to it, right? Yeah. They're inviting it. But... I just wasn't quite a fan of Winnie and Lisa's vocals put oh, on top of this thing. Didn't sit didn't with me it. very well. Prince's vocals sound a little more pained in this version to me. Did you not and think they were the just... same? I know you get no I felt like they were it was the same vocal track of Prince's that he did not re-sing it. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, but it just maybe it's just because the music is more bubbly and just like all of these revolution mm-hmm. versions of songs that it's a little bit more bubbly so maybe that gave the vocals that were already there a different sound could be could yeah. be but go back and listen to you know there are parts of teacher teacher even prince is singing and kind of a falsetto screamy voice that also sounds a little like he sang vagina okay yeah and those parts in the revolution version the wendy and lisa updated version sound identical to me okay so you can test me on that then there's jungle sounds jungle sounds where are the jungle sounds like a minute and a half huh there's like monkey jungle sounds Did you not hear that? No, I was I wondering if I it was a reference to Jungle Love. I didn't hear the monkeys. We'll have but to. It's all fun and games until the monkeys start flying. <laughs> <laughs> Something from the monkeys starts flying. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> all right. And then the final 
song that we have, a demo of yeah. Lady Cab Driver, I Want to Be Your Lover, Head, and Little Red Corvette all mashed up, a tour guide demo. Right, that Prince recorded himself in the studio for the revolution to learn for this kind of uh, one, two, three, four song mashup. Mm-hmm. I was really excited to hear this. A lot of people I saw online, you know, saying I'm kind of disappointed we didn't get another studio track or two unreleased at this period. But this is a big part of the Prince experience is how these songs are rearranged and put together for touring. Mm-hmm. And we've never gotten an official release like this, which I thought was really a cool thing to include. So I was thrilled to um, get to experience this one. Yeah. I found it interesting, too, that, you know, obviously there's a lot of work and love that he put into mashing these things together, recording it, probably practicing it. And it was only played once live in Lakeland, Florida on uh, February 1st, 1983 was the only time that it's known that it was ever played. Right. Like, that's wow, pretty cool. That's yeah, maybe you heard it live and, oh, no, let's do it a different way. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Or I was near the end of the tour also, so yeah. who knows? But um, I completely love the instrumental beginning to this, which is Lady mm-hmm. Cab Driver, like the yeah. end of Lady Cab Driver, because I've always loved the drums and Lady Cab Driver to begin with, which, as we know now, was inspired by Rearrange, yep. which is another great reason to put it on this set. So we get... A little bit of synthesizers and drums and bass of little of Lady Cab Driver. And if you don't appreciate that in the studio track, you can listen to this and hear these little pieces pulled apart a little bit more and you can pick them out. And um, it's a very fun listen until we get to a minute and three seconds. And he abruptly starts singing. I want to be your lover Uh in my most favorite way. Yeah. I want to. What does he say? He says, I ain't got no Monet. (laughs) Almost like he doesn't have a a painting by a famous artist. Yeah, he doesn't have that either. (laughs) But the way he sings money, you know, money rhymes with funny. You Uh speak it regularly, but the way he sings it, it's very, I don't know, accentuated Uh for a long O sound on Monet. Monet. Which I thought was great. It's cute. So we get the entire first verse of. I Want to Be Your Lover with Prince singing lead and background vocals, but you can hear, you can kind of tell that his background vocals imitates how his band sounds. Mm -hmm. He's not trying to sing it like him. He's trying to sing it like how he knows they can and will sing it. Right. Yeah, I know you can sing it like this. This is how I would like you to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So this is really one of the first Prince mega mixes that we've got on record. So mm-hmm. we've covered the Purple Medley. Right. And um, which includes some of these tracks uh, even. And this is just seven minutes of him. Yeah. Know, let's have some fun with these and not get bored with them in concert. <laughs> Very cool. I thought the way he delivers the parts of head here was very cold coffee and cocaine yeah jamie sounding star. Mm-hmm. jamie star sort of yeah look out yeah 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 uh-huh. yeah because he doesn't sing any of head uh-huh he just says at two minutes and three seconds give me some head on the two baby because uh-huh. the synthesizer part of head does start on the two yeah. which is really cool it is very cool you should also pay close attention to the bass guitar in this part of head 
which criminally we only get about 16 seconds of head and no lyrics Mm -hmm. and then little red corvette starts at about Mm -hmm. two minutes and 19 seconds so like well over half of this mashup mashup is little red corvette but there's no singing and at one point keyboards and synthesizers take the place of prince singing Mm -hmm. in little red corvette yeah so it's really like a five minute instrumental version of little red corvette live Uh uh-huh with some other stuff thrown in some other stuff at the beginning Mm -hmm. yeah I like the little shuffly sounds. Yeah, they're like little, I know they're like little eggs with rice or beans oh, in them. They're little shakers, uh-huh. but I kind of pictured sandpaper for some reason. A little bit. It's also kind of that uh, spaceshipy air pressure release sound that uh-huh. really made up 1999. Uh-huh. Yeah. And when we covered the Purple Medley, and we talked about Little Red Corvette, that's the part that was not included. We get like these bongos or... Uh-huh percussion parts but none of the shakers or uh-huh. kind of sound effects that make little red corvette little red corvette and we get them here though yeah it's very cool yeah and the stereo is used really well towards yeah. the end of this too i thought it was it really is. good the only part that i thought was maybe a little overdone was the ending it's okay. a pretty overdone dramatic ending which maybe seeing prince live and he's probably sliding down a fireman's pole and doing the splits the, jumping the, off pianos the drama here at the end might have made more sense in a right. live concert but it seemed a little over the top oh of an ending uh, to me in concert it's yeah i'm sure it was exactly what it sure needed it yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. all right so are we ready to make some selections here we are we gotta pick a sea a time capsule and a mountain for the, last the entire two episodes, yeah, the All, entire Vault Disc Two, yes, of 1999 Super Deluxe. We choose these three things: a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time period at which it was recorded or when it was released. Right. We choose a C, not that it's bad, though it could be bad. But good luck finding something truly terrible here. Yeah. Um, but it's just the thing that we liked the least. And then the mountain, what spoke to us the most. These are my rules. So I go first. All right, let's hear it. All right, my time capsule. Well, since I went with the rockabilly sounds for the first uh-huh. disc, yeah. I wanted to do something a little different here. So right. I really thought that the paisley underground sound of teacher teacher and how like early mid 80s that sounded that was my time capsule that's a great selection especially based on your description of that movement and music Mm -hmm. Um, that makes a lot of sense for me the time capsule is moonbeam levels it was this kind of sought after one of the many holy grails that actually got included on the set but it had seen release as part of the Forever Greatest Hits compilation, and then it appears in its rightful place on 1999 Super Deluxe on Vault Disc 2. So to me, Moonbeam Levels kind of is this, uh, it encompasses everything that's good about unreleased Prince music and how it could have worked on an album like 1999, but got held off and never officially released until after he was gone. Yeah, fair. Super cool. All right, the C... Good luck. (laughs) Um, I think that because there were 
a bunch of basically finished versions of these songs done by the revolution. I think that my C is that they didn't get released. I thought that they were by and large, really fun Mm -hmm. versions of these songs that could have made a really cool revolution album. Yeah. So there was, yeah, you know, can't stop this feeling. I got teacher, teacher, as Prince said in the nineties, free the music. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that the, unfortunately it's because of the revolutions disbanding that those all got held back. He saw Uh them as, you know, his songs that musicians he's dismissed contributed a bunch to, and he wasn't about to take a, backseat to band members that had been recently handed pink slips. Well, I think in this one, this was one of the cases when Prince was wrong because yeah. those were fun and it would have been great. I don't have. disagree. I just okay. think that's the reason. Yeah. Yeah. What's your C? Well, like you, none of this disc disappointed me in any way, but since you have rules and <laughs> I have to pick one... <laughs> I'm going with Teacher Teacher as my C. It was just a song that it's just a little strange. I can kind of see why it never found a home anywhere. Yeah. So if it had been removed from this and replaced with some other outtake from that time, even a version of Extra Lovable that they could have faded out before Mm. we got to the parts that uh, are objectionable, (laughs) I would have been okay with that. Uh So I'll say Teacher Teacher and then also the... 1986 version I don't think is an improvement on it at all it's you know great to have but is it something that the world needs to hear (laughs) not necessarily yeah and then the mountain good luck again well I really loved yeah you know and if we had chosen selections last episode for each half that it would have definitely been yeah you know I just loved how it was an unusual subject matter and the new wave style was super, super fun. Mm -hmm. But my mountain is Prince's version of Do Yourself a Favor just because it was so well done, so well delivered. And I love the twist at the end Mm -hmm. and that it's so long that he's like, I don't have anything to say to you go on. And uh, he goes on for so long. And then right at the end of that version, as it's fading out, he's calling her back. Right. And I just, it's such a like fun kind of middle finger to Pepe Willie (laughs) (laughs) for dumping his, his his cousin. Uh, his cousin. Yeah. Nice choice. Um, this the picking a mountain is also tough. Yeah. Because there are some essential Prince outtakes on this disc to me. Those being possessed, purple music, moonbeam levels, and do yourself a favor. And since I picked moonbeam levels as my time capsule, that reduces my choices to three songs, which are possessed and purple music, and do yourself a favor. So then I started thinking. Well, I think. Do Yourself a Favor is probably the best song of the bunch. Okay. Purple Music is the better upgrade from what was circulating as a bootleg, though Possessed was a nice upgrade too. So I'm almost begrudgingly choosing Purple Music because if it wasn't included, it would have been the biggest uproar among fans. It's almost 11 minutes of... Prince indulgence in the studio and Prince weirdness and Prince fun 
all rolled into this one track that was almost unlistenable in the circulating versions of it. So I think I'm most appreciative that it was included. Okay. And so that leads me to mark it as my mountain. But it's a landscape of mountains with a uh-huh. possessed mountain and a moonbeam levels mountain and a do yourself a favor mountain in the mountain range yes. right behind Purple Music. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's d- difficult to make a choice. You know, when we have such a slate of consistently excellent music, yeah. it can be really more difficult almost to pick a mountain than a sea. I For think. sure. I was even trying to decide which of these two vault discs is my favorite. And oh, I, I, can't I don't know. I think that's not something I'm going to make you make a choice about. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make you make a choice, but I will say, I think vault vault disc one had a few more surprises on it, like rearrange and bold generation and these songs that were much more unknown. Mm. And for that reason, it because there was a little bit more excitement to hear those, like they were new to me. Mm -hmm. I would probably rank vault disc one slightly ahead of disc two, but they're both, I mean, the the job that was done on 1999 Super Deluxe unreleased music collection compared to the very hastily put together Purple Rain Deluxe, um, it just buries it. 1999 is standing there with a shovel and Purple Rain is <laughs> in the ground. Did did they bury it face up? They buried it face down so everyone could kiss his ace. <laughs> All right, what are we covering next time? Next time, we are sticking with 1999 Super Deluxe Edition, and we're moving on to Disc 5, which is a live uh, soundboard recording of a concert on November 30th, 1982, recorded in Detroit. It includes 12 songs, and they're all from Dirty Mind, Controversy, and the 1999 albums. We've got a couple songs from Dirty Mind, three from Controversy, and six songs from 1999, one of which is a B-side, plus an interlude. Very cool. Can't wait to hear it. Yeah, it'll be. it's an interesting set list, and it's an official live print soundboard recording, which we don't have a lot of. No. So, and there are an awful lot of them out there. The, so Yes, just not many of them official. Yeah, it would be awesome to have more of that. Maybe they're in... Uh, the works. I hope so. I hope so. Well, thank you so much for listening to us. We know that we don't come on the radio, that you make a choice when you listen to us. And we so appreciate that. Join us on the social media. And thanks again for everybody who weighed in on Yeah, You Know and what you heard there. We don't have any judgment about what you heard. Well, I don't. Maybe no, Josh no judgment and, and no bitterness. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know that I believe that, but okay. Um, but thanks for listening, and uh, we hope you, that you'll join us again next time. Thanks for listening. I'm Christy. And I'm Jackie. And we are Killer Fun. We explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. For as long as people have been communicating, they have been talking about who did what to whom, and is that socially acceptable? Because the boundaries of society, crime, and entertainment have always gone hand in hand. The more salacious, weird, the better. From books and movies, to television shows and games, we look at how life and art imitate and inform one another. And we can't get together and not laugh. So let's face it. There's going to be laughing. (laughs) Killer Fun is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So join us.